0: Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better. Helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments, here are your hosts, Josh, Rob, and Austin Wilson.
1: All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. It has been a wild ride for Bitcoin over the past year or so. We thought uh, it'd be a good time to revisit the discussion.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Bitcoin, you know, a lot of people have to go to the dentist after they Bitcoin. Seriously? Tried. I tried.
1: I think you used that same little pun in the last crypto episode. Oh, so actually, that's probably a good a good note that if anyone has not listened to our crypto episode from 2020, which was episode 20, uh, they probably should before this because it actually has some good... You know, information on what cryptocurrencies are, a little bit about Bitcoin, how they're mined and things like that. So go listen to that episode. Mind or yours. Mind or yours. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we're going to get into the codes and all that stuff in a little bit. So yes, that is kind of where we're at. So check that out before we get digging. But anyway, back to Bitcoin in 2021.
2: Well, you know, it's it's been a quiet year for them. I haven't heard much. So tell me what's been going on. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. It hasn't been much on the Bitcoin front. But yeah, let's look at the numbers. So kind of thinking around the time of the stock market bottom yep. so actually like march 16th of 2020 okay. bitcoin traded as low as forty nine hundred and four dollars per bitcoin
2: so just this last year just 2020
1: 49.04 49.04 bitcoin recently peaked so on uh january 8th of this year 2021 at 40,041 Right. That represents a 716 percent return in less than ten months.
2: Okay, so about what you expect when you stock buy, market, you know, my fixed income or my yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly 716 percent in less than ten months. So I don't know, spitballing that's 900 and some percent annualized or whatever. You know, it's a lot, that's crazy. It's a lot. So following the peak, crypt- the cryptocurrency Bitcoin that we're talking about here mm-hmm. fell nearly 20 percent in a day. It has yet to recover its all-time highs at the time of this recording, which is on the morning of the 20th. Wow. 20% in a day. That's kind of a wild ride. Uh, So over the past five years, Bitcoin has returned about 9,400%, 9,400, compared to the stock market, or S&P 500, which is about 100% over that same period. That's a lot. Different. Gold, on the other hand, during the same time has returned seventy percent over the past five years and silver eighty two percent.
2: Wow. So much different. Ninety four hundred. Yeah. So if I had a dollar. I It'd be worth ninety four dollars. More than that, right?
1: No. Is
2: 'cause doesn't it compound over that time too? No, not? that is
1: that's the compound yeah, That is the compound. So yeah, so you're so that's if your you if you put a hundred dollars in Bitcoin in five years ago. Multiply that by 94.
2: Wow. That's a lot of money.
1: Oh, yeah. So, that's a, yeah, that's pretty good. So, anyway, uh, what drives the price movement? We should probably kind of dig into that. So, there's really three factors, right? Mm-hmm. Going to get really nerdy. So, first two factors are supply and demand, which we're going to talk about. Then the third one is euphoria. euphoria. So, supply and demand, things you probably learned in Econ 101 class. So, thanks, Professor Gamba from UF, if you're yeah. listening. So, supply. Think how many of something is out there. So traditionally this is an upward sloping curve. And if Josh, you look at my board over here, I actually have supply and demand curves drawn on the board right now. You do. You do right now. So this is traditionally an upward sloping curve that increases as there's more of something available, right? Mm -hmm. Supply. Yep. Simple enough. Demand, how badly something is wanted is traditionally a downward sloping curve and they intersect. So the higher the supply is, then the lower the demand is and therefore a lower price. The lower the supply is, think scarcity, the higher the demand is, and the higher the price will be. All other things equal. So that's kind of supply and demand. Those those factors are pretty straightforward. But something that is pretty difficult to put a value on, especially when it relates to things like Bitcoin, is the factor of euphoria. So supply and demand can explain a good bit of Bitcoin's move. But it's no secret that overnight price movements, particularly to the upside, that has made people millionaires, has brought people to the point where they'll just buy it because it's going higher and keep doing so because the higher it goes, the more good they feel, regardless of the underlying economic value. So this is really what separates Bitcoin from other assets. So back to supply. There are about 18.5 million Bitcoins in, I'm using air quotes on a podcast, quote-unquote, circulation. They're not really in circulation because there's there's no physical yeah, coins they don't
2: actually circulate.
1: Um, and only about 20 million that will ever be mined total so That's only about a million and a half left So yeah, like I said, if you want to learn about mining yeah. that's we talk about that in the but other that, episode.
2: when you talk about that, it's not like every day it's mined there's there's a process and it gets longer and longer as it goes out. The, this next bitcoin is going to be harder to mine or take longer to mine than the last one and that's kind of this exponential or
1: at least mining. take more computing power more power more processing exactly power. yes be, to solve those complex yep. problems on the blockchain that we yep. talk about so yeah so that's supply so supply is very slightly sloping upward but it's nearly a flat curve because there's not a ton of bitcoin left you kind of know how many there are and how many there will be Yep. demand has remained elevated for years among retail investors, but overall demand increased substantially in 2020 and even today in 2021 because large institutional investors have really picked up their interest in Bitcoin, Um, as well as actually many companies, even publicly traded companies, are wanting to store like portions of their cash reserves in in Bitcoin. So that's pretty crazy.
2: So storing your cash reserve in a... Asset class that drops twenty percent in one day <laughs> yeah. does not make sense to me.
1: It's like that emergency fund that episode that we talked about. We said, yeah, you yeah, shouldn't put it where somewhere where it's still there. Yeah, exactly. You don't need look for it.
2: So and chances are now they're not hundred percent correlated, but Bitcoin and stocks can follow a trend where when you see the stock market go down, yeah. like when we talked about the low of Bitcoin there around March that's when you might need your emergency money. Yeah. And so the, I, I just, oh man, it seems crazy it, to me.
1: It, it doesn't, and we're going to get into some of the reasons why people buy Bitcoin, but it, it some of it doesn't make sense in the fact that people think of Bitcoin as like a hedge against equities. Yep. It's not. It's yep. actually worse. Yep. So, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Before you get out
2: of the supply and demand, you did a shout out to your econ professor. Oh yeah. And uh, I loved my econ professor, so... Mr. McFerrin, Professor McFerrin, you know, thanks for all those classes. Enjoyed them, and uh, you know, supply and demand. I knew what Austin was talking about.
1: See, he knew. That's Good. exactly it. So back to those three factors. So the third one, like I talked about, euphoria, yep. in my opinion, has actually been lower in this latest rally than it was at the end of twenty seventeen, which it seemingly like Bitcoin shot up overnight mm-hmm. back in twenty seventeen. And the one way that you can kind of gauge this is from Google searches, and you can you can like look up. Frequency. Oh, you, you can Google, Google now search? Google Google search. Exactly. Someone told me. It's on the internet, right? It's true. Wikipedia. It's got Wikipedia. to be So overall, Google searches related to buying, owning, and trading Bitcoin are far below levels back in 2017, okay.
2: even though the price is much higher. So someone saying, what is Bitcoin? Or how do I exactly. buy Bitcoin? How
1: do I own Bitcoin? Exactly. Those gotcha. But this does not mean that there is not euphoric action going on. There certainly is.
2: When, when you, based on talking about banks and larger institutions getting involved, the demand may have switched i mean i'm i'm guessing a banker's not googling bitcoin as they're getting ready to invest part of their cash reserves True. into it. yeah they probably uh, already took care of the research yeah. so the demand is probably <laughs> or maybe euphoria however you want to look at it um from an institutional standpoint is pushing pressure because they're not buying one bitcoin right they're buying many a handful of yeah. bitcoins even when they're trading at forty thousand dollars and yeah. so yeah you're right i think that's The euphoria is that it's blending or moving into other institutions that hadn't touched it in the past. And so this euphoria is expanding beyond just institutions or individuals into institutions.
1: And it's just, I don't know. Some of these things, remember our Tulip episode? Yeah. Bubbles, asset bubbles? Yep. There really was no. Rhyme or reason behind it was it was now, supply and, a tulip? it was supply and demand back then too they were super rare super hard to get a hold of so they were very expensive all these things so tulips became super expensive well this is less. Yeah. some of the it's not the same but some of the vibes of an asset bubble Certainly, you know, can be correlated it's with Bitcoin. FOMO, the
2: fear of missing out, has a piece of this, right? You see Bitcoin move from four thousand to forty thousand, and and then oh, you want to buy I it because it's going on. up. And then you see a news article that says it's going to one hundred and ninety thousand, and you're like, man, I can get in now.
1: True. So let's kind of dig into some reasons of why people would buy Bitcoin. So number one reason is people believe it will go higher. Yes. This is probably the biggest reason people mm-hmm. buy it. There is substantial market exuberance specifically around Bitcoin. Yes. Number 2, the chart doesn't lie. Bitcoin has serious upside momentum. And when it whether it's stocks, bonds, commodities, or even cryptocurrencies, the path of least resistance is for peop, is for things to keep trading the same direction they have been. So in this case, up. So in our
2: our terms, that's momentum. That's right. So when we yes. talk about in our industry, yep. momentum if something's heading in one direction, It'll continue that way until something—it's right? It's almost like Isaac Newton's philosophy, right? Yeah. An object in motion will remain in motion unless a uh, force opposite reacts on it. You know, as they
1: say, the trend is your friend. And yes. if the trend's going up, people believe it will continue to go up. Yep. Uh, number three, people are, infri- are afraid of inflation. And they believe Bitcoin will shield them from it and return more than inflation. Which it has, which in the it last substantially one year has five year, yeah, even forever. You know, yes, since it, it since inception. At zero. Yeah, but the truth is that at least since Bitcoin was created, we've had such little inflation, and the track record is so short that we really don't understand how the relationship really works. We would have to have all of the Bitcoin in circulation, and you know, and no new cryptocurrencies right.
2: coming out because I think that has an
1: impact. Because we're talking Bitcoin, but they're one of the cryptocurrencies. Oh yeah, and there's hundreds. Mm-hmm. If not more, this is just the biggest. Yes. So yeah, people are afraid of inflation, and you know what? It has okay. Les, we talked about it earlier. It has outpaced inflation. It's outpaced gold. It's outpaced it silver. Barely squeaked by ninety four hundred percent of what was CPI up over the last like five 8? years. Ten. Per, I think ten percent total 10? Cumulative, oh, cumulative over ten yeah. years. So yes, it's done that. But we the shut's a short track record and volatility is something crazy another reason number four that people buy bitcoin is just as a hedge against uncertainty so like we had kind of alluded to many people think that owning some bitcoin can provide a hedge against equity market uncertainty they must be believing that they're negatively correlated but in reality they're positively correlated positive they both have gone up over over the same time yeah okay negatively
2: correlated positively correlated Explain that real quick. Okay.
1: So a negative correlation is when one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. Okay. So stocks, go opposite and directions. stocks and bonds. Stocks okay. and bonds. Generally speaking, equity market goes up, bond prices go down because yield goes up. Mm-hmm. Another inverse relationship yep. there. So negative correlation is opposite. Okay. Positive correlation is one goes up, the other one goes up. Okay. They follow. So up. yeah, equity market and yields is one example of that. So those kind of things. Okay. Or like when... Ohio
2: State does well, my attitude goes up. Those are positively correlated. <laughs> something like that. Gotcha. Or like, yeah, donuts. Donuts. Anyway, the more donuts you eat. in the room eat, and my, my attitude in life, exactly. they follow the same track. Exactly. So the yes. more donuts there in the room, the happier I get. Gotcha.
1: So that is correlation. So yes, equities and Bitcoin are actually positively correlated. Both mm-hmm. have gone up over the same period of time, at least over the last while, and actually went down around the same time too. So positive correlation there. So if you own Bitcoin... You're actually going to increase your overall portfolio volatility instead of decreasing it, which would be your goal. Yeah. Because if it drops 20% in a day
2: and the market goes down, it's yeah, it's Double not a whammy. Fun day. Yeah, it's not a fun day.
1: Instead of going the opposite. So that is kind of a flawed view yeah. of Bitcoin. Uh, and finally, people think it's a safe haven against central bank and reserve actions um, that really are going to ultimately weaken the dollar or continue to do so, I guess, as we've seen over the last year or so. Um, Bloomberg Economics, I read a piece yesterday, they attribute about 60% of Bitcoin's returns since October of 2020 to a combination of exuberance and momentum. So like, not fundamentals at all, mm-hmm. which is 60%. That's a lot. That's a lot a further 35% of the returns can be attributed to hedging against inflation, which not inflation we're seeing now. This is anticipated inflation, inflation, which, you know— for all intents and purposes, it seems likely we're going to have some sort of inflation over time. Well, the Fed themselves are trying they, to push they, inflation. They want up. inflation. Yeah. But with all the printing of money and the dollars out there right yeah. now, we're going to have inflation at some point. But that's kind of what, what the most of the movement has been. So that's 60 plus
2: 35. So if my math is right, that leaves 5%, which is probably explained by our podcast on Bitcoin, getting people excited about it. I think it. so. Give Last year's
1: think. and this one coming up yeah. is going to explain yeah. the other 5%. It makes sense. So how people buy bitcoin that's also changed yes over the last couple of years anyway so the the original place where you could buy bitcoin was cryptocurrency exchanges and these are literally the website you know is made for trading and mm-hmm. buying and selling cryptocurrencies not just bitcoin but other ones and an example of this is like there's a, there's a big one out there called coinbase mm-hmm. and that's kind of that was the m- main way that cryptocurrencies were were traded. Nowadays, you, in apps you already use, you can buy Bitcoin. You oh, can wow. buy even like other ones like Ethereum or mm-hmm. Litecoin or whatever. Square and PayPal have gotten into the Bitcoin game, and I actually have a PayPal account, and I actually was able to trade some Bitcoin. Now I'd not hold Bitcoins. I don't didn't put forty thousand dollars <laughs> into a Bitcoin, but yeah, you can buy and share partial pieces. Well, see that's all that, from your phone. And that's the
2: key too when you talk about kind of the exuberance is. You know, when it comes to stocks, if I want to own one share of Amazon for instance, it's a couple thousand dollars. Right. It's like $3,000 or yep. something. But if I want to buy just a little bit of Bitcoin, I could put $20 in it. True. And so that's the other thing is it's easily accessible. Yes.
1: I don't have to have a whole Bitcoin, I could buy a portion of it. Right. And yeah, that, so that's that's something that's changed really in the last, I think in last year was when Square and PayPal kind of got on board. And it's super easy and user friendly, and that's why the people on the street can just buy and sell Bitcoin or whatever they want, whenever they want, really for very affordable fees now too. They actually had no fees on PayPal, their ability to on their crypto trading platform at all until the end of 2020. Okay. So they like got you hooked. Oh yeah. And, and in then early, like hey, and then like and then they're like first, oh yeah I like this. Trade and then in 2021 they put I I don't know what the fee is. It probably isn't too much, but yeah. interesting. Now, now a third way go.
2: Is they now have things that track Bitcoin. True. That if you say, you know what, I'm horrible with passcodes, you know, I keep losing my password to my computer that. and all that. Uh, yeah, because there's some crazy stories to that. But they, that you can now buy exchanges where they hold it. They actually own physical Bitcoin. Right. But you're buying in kind of like a mutual fund or ETF, that same structure. And then I could trade that. Yeah. So what the grayscale. Grace, Tru- grayscale yeah. bitcoin trust. Trust,
1: trust. Yep. That one is one. And so then that's
2: similar to buying a investment in equity yeah. because it's traded on an exchange and so it's a it's not as secure because with bitcoin like each one is independent that's what the blockchain is it verifies those transactions. Yep. This is done similar to what you'd buy an ETF so but you don't have to worry about losing your password.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that. So first of all, if you buy a cryptocurrency not just bitcoin but specifically let's talk about bitcoin on like a crypto exchange or whatever you are given a passcode like an access code for that particular coin or your portion of that coin or whatever from the blockchain that is unique to you and the portion that you hold and if you lose that access code you lose access to your cryptocurrency forever there's no way to retrieve it no one stores it for you yeah it's gone and all those things now This is where it's kind of nice to use something like a, maybe a fund. But specifically, I was thinking something like, the, like PayPal. You do not have access. You own the crypto. You do not have access to your code. PayPal securely keeps track of all that for you. And you can't lose it. And you can buy and sell it without worrying about it. So it's a little bit lower risk because there are literally... Thousands, if not more, of Bitcoins out there that people have lost their access code to. I just
2: saw an article. Millions of dollars. Millions. It was over, I think, in London or somewhere in Europe area. But he threw away a hard drive that had his key on it or whatever. And he's pretty sure he knows the landfill it's in.
1: Oh, man. And
2: in this article I was reading... Might be worth buying the landfill. He's been (laughs) petitioning or requesting... The government, the local government, because they have this law there that you can't go in there because it's a contamination risk, blah blah blah. So he's been petitioning. And it's like a hundred million dollars. It's like it's a lot of money on this Bitcoin thing that he lost his go to. So he's even offered to donate like fifty percent to local charities or to help with COVID or something like that, and they, they've de- denied him this ability to go in there. And he, like, I'm like, you know, for a hundred million dollars it may be worth the fine or whatever they're going to find you to get right, in there and get right. it if you could find it but uh you could, that's hire crazy. A, you could like hire a criminal drive and had it all on you could hire
1: a criminal to go yeah. in and get it for you and but still come he out Probably won't give ahead. it back though no no but he oh thinks my. it's still
2: salvageable but it's been a couple of years but he thinks it's there and he thinks he could still get it crazy. can you imagine like uh, just going in and digging around but can you imagine knowing that you threw away millions millions of dollars many
1: millions of dollars. oh man okay
2: let's take a break I like breaks. dad joke of the week. I got a good one. I saw this one online.
1: It wasn't about you Bitcoin and broke your tooth. No, no. This is this is it. So
2: of the 100 greatest inventions over the last century, the whiteboard. It's very
1: remarkable. <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I mean, whiteboards were a game changer. It, but it's remarkable, you know. It is such; it's remarkable. You can remark it. I like that. You one. You know that one, that one really something that whiteboards don't allow you to do: scrape your nails. That's on true. Them. You
2: can't do that. that oh, that oh.
1: sound and that feeling! Oh, I man. get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. So yes, whiteboards are remarkable, Josh. So let's kind of take a step back. Yuck.
2: All right. So we talked about what it is. We said what it's done. It's up ninety four hundred percent. Or the last five years. Five years. Is, should you invest in
1: it? Ha! So I'm going to quote my esteemed colleague, Jess, also known as the Everyday Advisor, and say, and I quote, Invest? Absolutely not. Should you speculate? Well, maybe. And that's because... What's the difference? Yeah. I view Bitcoin not as an investment. Because you can buy Bitcoin with anticipation that it'll go higher, but that anticipation, that's just speculation. You're just anticipating that it'll go Mm -hmm. higher. There is a difference. So if you have a small sleeve of your net worth that you could stand going to zero, or you could stand doubling, hey, that could do either one. 9,400% growth. You could allocate a small amount to something like a Bitcoin. Don't bet the house on it is what I'm saying.
2: So really, when we talk about it in a diversified portfolio for long-term investing— this really doesn't fit in that category. True. But, but what it does, does fit in is saying, hey, I have a little bit of extra money that if I just lost this money, it just misplaced it in a landfill because I <laughs> threw away hard drive, I would not be devastated. It would yeah. not impact my financial future. Yep. Then maybe I could consider this being
1: one of the things I do with it. Yeah, this is like play money money. Yes. Something that you were going to spend on fancy donuts anyway. Yeah. But instead, you're going to put it into the uh, cryptocurrency market. So yeah, don't put enough in something like this that it will affect your financial goals, yeah. or that you will depend on it for your financial goals yeah. to work out if in some direction. Double every year. I it know. Up like, 700%. I'm going to be a Bitcoin retiree by the time I'm fifty. Now nah, that sounds like a bad plan. Yes. Now, some people have. You know, bought Lamborghinis yes. and done all kinds of things, but and then they got a huge tax bill, and then they got a huge tax bill that they weren't planning on and yes. had to get in trouble. So, anyway, yes, that that is kind of the overall thought. And we'll link there's actually a Jess had a really good uh, blog about this exact topic, which yes. kind of prompted this episode. So, we'll uh, link that blog in the show notes. But yes, Bitcoin, we're not going to call it an investment, we're going to call it speculation. That does not mean don't ever you know, no one can ever hold it or should hold it. If you want to do that, that's fine. We're not advising that you do or that you don't. But it's it's more of a speculation.
2: Yeah, I think, like you said, very interesting. But I feel like this is one asset class where people invest in it when they don't completely understand it. And that can sometimes be dangerous. They could get burned. Yeah. So, you know, Hopefully this helped you a little bit kind of catch back up to what's happened in the last year or so with Bitcoin we enjoy watching it now you can see it like we have our TVs tuned to um, what is that channel CNBC yep and they now when it shows the Dow and the S&P it shows Bitcoin. Bitcoin as I well know. and so you know it's it's becoming more mainstream it's becoming right. more more visible in the investing world which also means more people are kind of trying it out, right. which is not, again, not a bad thing, but you just got to understand the risk to it. Can you afford a 20% drop in one day? Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's happened. It, it, and it will probably even happen this again. Year. Yeah, exactly. Austin's predictions for um, this year, that was one yeah, of his thoughts.
1: I, no, I think I predicted that at it some point 20, this year, it will hit 20,000 again.
2: a 50% drop from that high.
1: Which yeah exactly, and we're still not back up to where it was, and it's down five more percent today or whatever. So we'll see if I uh, we'll see if I nailed that one. We'll have to see. So anyway, as always, check out our free gift to use a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep you on track to meet your long term goals. No, we don't mention Bitcoin at all because that should not impact your long term goals. Um, but check it out; it's free on our website. Josh, how can people help us grow this podcast? Yep, like we say always, subscribe. Uh, That way you get our most recent
2: updates uh, when we drop a new episode every Thursday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. Email us with any ideas or questions. Hello at com. We love hearing from you. And then also, if you know somebody who's talking about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, share this episode with them.
1: All right. Well, until next Thursday, have a good week. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh, Robb, and Austin Wilson work for Hicks & Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks & Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks & Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.